to him who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Today's sermon text is the reading you heard with reference also to the Holy Gospel today where we hear it fulfilled. Isaiah chapter 40 And to get us into it, verse 6, a voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? In the name of Christ may be a classic example of it is on a busy street with lots of traffic. I don't know if this has ever happened to you personally. It hasn't happened to my recollection to me, but you see it in movies and other media all the time. Someone steps off a curb or is about to right into oncoming traffic and somebody behind grabs them, maybe even violently, pulls them back to the sidewalk, right? And what's the reaction of, of the pedestrian? Usually at first it's, it's just shock and surprise that somebody grabbed them, maybe even also a little anger, they're perturbed, what? Until they realize that they have just been saved and their attitude completely changes. The sermon title today is The Warnings Comfort. I shared this sermon title with Pastor Eric Stanett. He is serving our other location in Hawkins Holly Lake once a month at least uh, to bring them communion and and he is serving today so we're both looking at the same scriptures and I told them that this title was the warnings comfort and then tongue-in-cheek I said if there was ever a mixing and mingling of law and gospel this is it right how how can God's warning his law, his threats against our sin be a comfort. Well, it, it leads to it. And you do see it in daily life all the time. Another classic example is the warning to the child not to touch the hot stove. I actually had a sermon title once called The Hot Stove. And God's warnings saves us from being burned. Parents know constantly with children, you're warning them for their own good. I actually saw the example at the start of the sermon, not with myself or our children, but with our next door neighbor. He must have been 
about four years old, just learning to ride his bike, and he rolled down his driveway without looking. His mother, thank God, was standing at the end of the driveway, saw the oncoming car and took the blow of her four-year-old son on his bike. He fell off and started crying, and we all went to thank her for saving him. It's true also, though, with God. When he warns us at first, we might be surprised, perturbed a little bit. Stop doing that sin. Repent. Turn is what it can mean. A change. And it's un comfortable it may hurt and we we may react with even anger at first but it is for our salvation indeed all through the bible you see the warnings comfort from the very start in the garden of eden after the first man the first woman transgressed God's command, ate of the fruit. There was the call convicting, where are you? When they said they had hidden because they were naked, who told you that you were naked? And then when it was uncovered, their sin, curses, curses, curses upon the serpent, upon the woman, upon the man, and their life, all, though, to lead them to God's solution, not theirs with fig leaves, but to cover their nakedness with, with skins, to promise someone to crush the devil's head, the Israelites, leaving Egypt. We just heard on Thanksgiving the reading from Deuteronomy led through that wilderness for 40 days as a response to their sin, God's reaction to their faithlessness at first to test you, to humble you, to see the provision of God with manna and so much more. And in Isaiah's day here, about 700 years before Jesus was born, applying to events that would occur 600 years before Christ's birth, there are warnings, warnings. I know our section begins comfort, comfort. Chapter 40, but you read the previous 39 chapters, it is almost totally warnings and threats to God. For these people's faithlessness, idolatry, sexual, social sins. The end of chapter 39, over a hundred years before God's uh, destruction of the country would occur, Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of Yahweh Sevaoth. You're going to sing that today in a canticle before communion. It's not the word Sabbath, it's Lord Yahweh of hosts. 
Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. And some of your own sons will come from you whom you will father shall be taken away. They shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. The monarchy would be destroyed. The temple leveled. It would look like God's promise is gone. They weren't. Because the next chapter, comfort, comfort is coming. Where, how, through whom? The Messiah. We know because we heard from Mark and the other Gospels. This is a prediction of the advent of God in the flesh, incarnate amongst them. Jesus, the Savior, with his forerunner, John the baptizer, paving the way, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert, a highway for our God. That was John's message. In a word at first, repent, right? Look out for your sins bear fruit that fits repentance. He told those just going through the motions, that won't do. And same here today. We all spoke the words of the opening confession, but so many times I, like you, am just mouthing things, not really thinking, do I, do I want this changed in my life? Fruit that fits repentance means you want God to change. You'll share that situation with someone else. Get it out into the open. Confess it to a pastor or a strong Christian. Indeed, heed the warning so that you can be saved. John's more important message was there is one coming mightier than I, right? The kingdom of God is at hand. God is amongst us even in our sinful world with his solution, that Messiah in the flesh would take upon our sin and took it all the way to the cross and took it away. Risen from the dead, he is in control of the evil of this world, the evil in you, the, the evil of this age. And he is coming again in glory with the same warnings of God. We heard Second Peter. Everything will be destroyed. All the things that so many people, including us, value will be burned. Buildings and possessions. They don't matter eternally except to serve God's eternal purposes. We are looking forward to the new heavens, the new earth, the home of righteousness. God's rightness unveiled. The declaration of that perfection is ours today, guaranteed through his body and blood. We shall see it on that final day as everything else is, is torn away. Indeed, constantly God is acting this way towards us. Warning, warning, warning. I, I have no hesitation at all to believe 
the pandemic in our world this past year, hard to believe this past year just about, was as a warning to God. So many things we thought were so important we discovered are not. And again, it could all pass away. He's turning us again. Indeed, to his word of salvation. It is your calling also with others as you go forth. I know so many times we simply want to share with people the love of Jesus, but if they don't see the problem that by themselves they're apart from God's presence, they won't care. It's when God guiding events in their lives, and he does, just like yours, when he is showing them that things get stripped away, that that's when you have the opportunity to, to tell them the fullness of the warning. It's because you're missing something. Someone in your life, the Lord of salvation. It's a constant cycle Hebrews chapter 12 mentions the Lord disciplines those whom he loves, quoting Proverbs chapter 3, and it says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful. When you are warned by God, pulled away from something, something pulled away from you seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those trained by it. God is warning us of our sin today again so that we will treasure his salvation. I mentioned our congregation at Hawkins Holly Lake and for the first time as we videotape this, I, I want to address them in the camera because they, they will hear this sermon next Sunday and it still applies brothers and sisters because you're going to hear about John the baptizer next Sunday this Sunday for you but at the same time I'm going to spoil that sermon a bit for them by sharing with them via email and you also and it, an illustration, maybe often used and, and heard even by you, that makes the point of the warning's comfort. You'll notice in the picture I showed, that is an actual situation, by the way. You can look up the video that goes with it. It occurred in Cincinnati, Ohio. The reason the woman walked out into traffic, can you tell? She is texting or doing something on her phone. She's distracted. When God warns us and alerts us to sin, it moves us from, from our distractions away from his work. The story goes in the sermon illustration. I've got the email here. Almost done. A well-dressed woman was on a private jet. Fancy dancy. When 
the flight attendant came up urgently and asked her to don a parachute. Put this on, the flight attendant said. No way, exclaimed the high society woman. That thing is dirty and stinky and it clashes with my Christian Dior dress and accessories and it looks totally uncomfortable. No way. A lot of people in the world have a similar view about Jesus Christ. They want nothing to do with repenting over their sin, trusting in Jesus for God's forgiveness and eternal life. A humble heart of repentance, obedient faith, clashes with their proud life. The Christian way seems awkward, uncomfortable, even repugnant. But as the illustration continues, a change occurs with the woman on the plane. The flight attendant tells the woman the plane is crashing and that the parachute will save her life. Realizing now that her designer dress isn't important at all, the woman grabs that parachute, wraps it around her, clings to it with all her strength, even though the parachute wrecks her earthly ensemble and priorities. Indeed, all through the scriptures, all through life, our God impresses upon us the gravity of our sinful condition from the Garden of Eden onwards, and he disciplines you and me with troubles and hardships. He's constantly warning, eternal death is on the horizon, but not for you. Here's the way you are saved. Indeed, Isaiah says here, all flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the saving word of our God stands forever. Amen.